If I looked back at a week in my life a couple of years ago, it would be jam-packed. Like, it genuinely would look like this. Monday, dinner at a friend's. Tuesday, beach of sunny. Wednesday, chill. Thursday, therapy after work. Friday, beers with the work crew, which always led to more bars and more drinks and more chaos, by the way. Saturday, out with friends. Sunday, recover from the hangover and then chill. And I justified all of this by saying, oh, I'm an extrovert. It's just what we do. Like, no, honey, you're honestly about to burn out so dang fast. Hey, my name is Nicole and I am obsessed with interior design, business, personal development and building a home and life you love. I'm a small town country girl who has turned challenges into opportunities in both my personal and professional lives and now I sit here overcoming imposter syndrome every single day and doing the inner work in the pursuit of building a life I love waking up to and helping others do the same along the way. Whether you come here for interior design tips, real and raw chats about life and doing the inner work, or you just need some advice as you start and run your own business or side hustle, you are in the right place, my friend. Welcome to the Business of Being You podcast. I am so happy you're here. Welcome back to another episode on the Business of Being You podcast. I am so happy to have you here. On today's episode, I want to share with you five big lessons that I learned when I moved out to the countryside. That was almost two years ago now, which is crazy to think of. I feel like it's just flown by. Before we dive into the heart of today's episode, I offer a small disclaimer. While the focus of this episode centers around the lessons that I have learned by moving out to the countryside, I want you to know, and I do emphasize this, you do not need to relocate to the countryside to find value in this episode. For me, this journey was a pivotal moment of self-realization. It led me to a profound understanding that I had been living completely out of alignment with my true self. While moving out here served as a catalyst moment for me in my journey, the essence of these lessons goes far beyond physical locations. So, wherever you find yourself listening to this episode, be it in a bustling city, a peaceful suburb, or in the countryside like myself, the insights shared here can resonate deeply with each and every one of us. Okay, picture this, and maybe you can relate too. I was the quintessential extrovert, thriving on the energy of city life and filling my days with endless social engagements. From brunches with friends to trips to the beach and late nights out for drinks, my calendar was beyond full. Like, I actually thought I was the most extroverted person I knew. The badge of always busy was one I wore with honour. It was one of the first days of summer and I was hanging out with some friends in the morning slash lunchtime and later that evening there was a barbecue at my friend Andrea's house for her birthday. It was at this barbecue that Andrea introduced me to Matt. As it turned out, he had just brought his first home in Central Hawke's Bay. Four acres with a gorgeous 1920s bungalow in need of renovations, perched on a hill overlooking paddocks full of horses, cows, a couple of dams, lots of trees, and in the background, a view of the ranges. We hit it off straight away, but I will save you that soppy story. But let's just say that we spent the summer on the deck drinking beers, befriending cows, picnicking, exploring new roads, and after three months we made the decision that it would be best if I moved in with him as my flat was coming to an end as one of the girls fell pregnant. For me, it was a total change of pace, but for Matt, not so much because he's always been an introvert. 
My nights were suddenly filled with laying under the trees for shade in the heat of summer, befriending cows, watching the sunset with a bear in hand, and praying for rain so that our water tanks would replenish. So basically I went from like running at 100 miles an hour to like maybe five. And although it took me a little bit to adjust, I can see now that it has been the best pivot in direction for me as I can now see how out of alignment I was living. The thing is, I don't believe always being busy is healthy or fun, like at all, at least not for me. Like I wasn't even giving myself a chance to stop and smell the roses or even assess what my next step was. Like I was just running through life a hundred miles an hour, hoping that it would all work out. And that is why lesson number one for me is being busy is not a badge of honor. For me, my days were a constant flurry of activity filled with social commitments, work obligations, and a relentless pursuit for more. Each tick on my never-ending to-do list seemed like a victory as if the more I accomplished, the more validated I felt. It was a status symbol, a sign of productivity and success. But I feel like the more that I settled into the countryside, the pace of life began to shift like dramatically. Surrounded by the tranquility of nature, I found myself confronted with a stark realization. Being busy was not the measure of my worth, nor was it a true reflection of success. This was a hard one for me because I kind of was always that kid that was like always busy. I always had a friend sleepover or sports or a hobby, like I was always busy. And then it just kind of seemed natural to me that I grew up to be this adult that was also always busy. But in the countryside, time seemed to slow all the way down and I was kind of forced to embrace life's simple pleasures. But whether it was by choice or by force, I started to truly enjoy the quiet moments, the ones that often went unnoticed in the hustle of city life. I started going on leisurely walks through the hills and watching the sunsets and I found that fulfillment came in these seemingly small yet immensely meaningful moments. One of my favourite first memories of being out here was this picnic that we had under the cherry tree in the garden. We perched under the flowering cherry tree, the sun was setting, and we sat there, bears in hand with fish and chips from the local store, and we watched the sunset. I honestly felt so calm, and while initially that made me nervous as hell and scared the shit out of me, I can truly appreciate it now. I had just started my business and I felt like there was so much more that I should be doing, but honestly, after sitting there for just 10 minutes in that setting, it all kind of faded into the background. The sun started to set and the sky lit up with oranges and pinks and we stayed there talking and laughing and talking some more. It's now a core memory for me and one that I will look back on in awe for years and years to come. As I let go of the constant need to be busy, I started to notice a transformation within myself. The constant need to prove myself through productivity began to wane and I discovered the beauty of being present in the moment. I learned that true success wasn't about how much I could cram into one day, but rather how much joy and fulfillment I could derive from each experience. And I get it. Sometimes life is just hectic. Like you might just be in a season of constant busy. Like you might have kids and they're doing sports and they've got all these things on. Or you might be starting a business and you just constantly need to be on the ball and doing things. You could be employed and you're working longer shifts because it's your busy season. Or it could be summer and you're just constantly socializing. Like I get it. There are times in life where it is just simply busy. For me, the stage I was in the thick of starting my business and finishing a diploma in kitchen design, so it was a really busy time. And sometimes life is like that. 
but I found that the more I cherished these seemingly small moments, the more I was able to really lean into the fact that sometimes life can be still, and that is more than okay, because being busy is not a badge of honour. I also found that the more I leaned into the fact that life didn't have to always be busy and it could be slow, I started to say no to a lot more commitments, both work and in personal time, because typically I would have just said yes to keep busy, but now I was kind of embracing the more introverted lifestyle and I was trying to be more still and be more still in making decisions, not just physically. So not just taking a break, but instead of just jumping into a decision and saying yes and taking on more and more and more, I started to sit back and assess whether I really actually wanted to go to this event or whether I really wanted to pick up this work. And what I also found was I was contracting for a few different companies in Hawke's Bay And the more still I got and the more I kind of assessed each decision, the more I realized that I didn't actually want to be working with some of them. While it was really good money and it was safe, I found that the work was just super uninspiring and I didn't want to be doing it. So that was one benefit of just getting really still and kind of asking myself, do I really want to be doing this? And a lot of the time the answer was no. I came to understand that the busyness that I once wore as a badge of honor was in reality just a shield that I used to avoid facing my own thoughts and feelings. And in the quietude of the countryside, I could no longer ignore that. I could no longer ignore the inner voice urging me to seek authenticity and meaning in my life. Now, I was in active therapy at this stage, which I still am. I've been doing weekly sessions for probably like two years now, and I was Truly, truly honored and grateful for the fact that I had a therapist that I love and still do. It's the same therapist. And I was able to talk through my experiences with an expert. And if you don't have a therapist and you are going through this, I would just strongly suggest talking to someone else who has been through it because it can be really validating. And also it's great to have support. I found that through therapy and embracing the countryside, it taught me that my self-worth was not tied to the number of tasks that I completed or the social engagements I attended. Instead, it was all about the quality of the connections that I made, the moments of stillness that I allowed myself, and the genuine presence that I brought to each and every interaction. This is also when I started to realize that a lot of the relationships I had were likely only because I lived in town and made myself so present. It was like a proximity thing rather than a deep connection. It was a way that I could validate myself through others, kind of like social media, but in person. And now when I look back on my journey, I no longer seek validation in a packed schedule. Instead, I find fulfillment in the richness of a balanced life where moments of rest and reflection are just as valuable as moments of action. The countryside has shown me that being busy is not a badge of honor, but rather being true to ourselves, embracing stillness, and finding joy in the simple wonders of life are the true markers of a life well lived. I realized once I was out here that I was living so out of alignment when I was living in town. Like I was literally just running at life so fast in hopes it wouldn't give my brain a chance to catch up and tell me how I was feeling or what I was thinking. And when I moved out to the countryside and continued therapy, I noticed the biggest change. And that is why the second lesson that I learned moving out to the countryside for me is therapy had the biggest impact when I started to live with more intention and self-awareness. 
Now, I just want to preface this lesson by saying you do not have had to have been in active therapy or be in active therapy to take something from this lesson. The main point is, is that when we live with more intention and self-awareness, life honestly just gets so much easier and so much better. Now, I'd already actually been in therapy weekly for some time before moving out to the countryside, but amidst the bustling city life, therapy felt like it was also moving at the same relentless pace that I was when I was living in the city. And that is nothing on therapy whatsoever. That was just a reflection of my inner self, like what I was thinking and how I was coping with life. So I definitely do not regret studying therapy when I did. Every session has taught me something, whether it's been a life lesson, a personal discovery or a tool or resource to use to handle life a whole lot better. So if you are thinking about therapy or you've been on the fence, um, don't think that you need to be in this like perfect, quiet lifestyle to start. Like it is actually the total opposite. It's just that for me at least, being constantly busy and filling my schedule with people definitely came with things to talk about. I started therapy when I was about 25, I think, maybe 26 just turned, but I'm 28 now. And at 25, 26, you really do have a different social circle, or at least I do now. Like life is totally different in your early, mid-20s. Like you've got a little bit more of a carefree vibe about it, right? At least I do. But for me, the social circle that I had came with some really interesting dynamics and changes and actually being out all the time around alcohol and drugs came with its own challenges and triggers too. Basically, I was struggling to tackle much deeper inner work in therapy because I was so busy putting out fires that were reigniting weekly with these more kind of meaningless things that I was doing on a weekly basis. And it actually didn't really come from things I was dealing with either. It was more what other people were doing that triggered me that I was constantly dealing with weekly. And I just felt like I was literally a hamster on a wheel. Like I was just constantly dealing with all these other things that I felt like I couldn't get to the deeper inner work. But on reflection, I was creating all these problems and keeping myself busy. So I didn't have to do the deep inner work. So I just want to say that like, therapy is great and if you're thinking about it in my opinion it's so well worthwhile but it did take me a little while to learn that I was on a hamster wheel and actually I was never going to do the deep inner work that I needed to do if I didn't get my shit together and work through that first lesson of you don't always need to be busy for me it was like I feared the stillness as if pausing for a moment would unearth a whirlwind of emotions that I was not prepared to confront whatsoever Like, if I could start my old phone and go through a week in my life, it would tell you, like, Monday, dinner at a friend's, Tuesday, beach of sunny, Wednesday, chill, Thursday, therapy after work, Friday, beers with the work crew, which honestly always led to more bars and more drinks and more chaos, Saturday, hang out with friends, Sunday, recover from the hangover and then chill. And then I justify this all by saying, oh, I'm an extrovert, it's just what we do. Like, no, honey, you're about to burn out so dang fast. That's why when I continued therapy in the countryside, it was like revolutionary for me because it became more than just a weekly session. It actually evolved into a journey of living with intention and self-awareness. I learned to pause and listen to the subtle whispers of my mind and my heart while making more conscious decisions to acknowledge my emotions and thoughts without judgment. Therapy became a cornerstone of my transformation as I embraced the lessons that the countryside had to offer. Through self-exploration and guidance, I actually began to understand the patterns of my behavior, the roots of my emotions, and the motivations behind my actions. 
And for me, at least, I believe the only way I was actually able to do this was by removing myself from the city, cutting out all the distractions that I filled my calendar with constantly, and truly sitting down with myself long enough to feel, which felt so uncomfy at the start. Like, trust me, I didn't love it to start with, not at all. But as I continued on this journey of intentional living and self-awareness, I noticed that the external changes in my life were reflections of the internal changes that I had made. The countryside had provided the nurturing environment for this growth and therapy became the compass that guided me towards a more authentic and mindful way of being. That's also why I say that you do not need to move out to the countryside to experience this and you don't need to be in therapy either, but if you are trying to go on a self-development journey or you've started or you're interested, I would honestly say by start by looking around and seeing where you physically are, like does it make you happy? Because if I had actually being honest with myself, I probably wasn't happy living in town for months before I moved out to the countryside. It's just that how it all happened was like a a massive pivot. And like, I love it. But if I could go back and tell my younger self one thing, it is honestly just take a look around, look around at your surroundings and see, does it resonate? Do you have a calm space that you can go? Or are you always busy? Like, If you go back to another episode that I did on biophilic design, one of the things that I talked about was creating a corner for biophilic design where you embrace all the beauty of nature, like you put some tactile elements in there, you do texture, like if you're interested, I would go have a listen to that episode. But essentially, if your entire home is not calm or you don't have the option to create an entirely calm home or move, I would just recommend creating a corner or just a tiny space of your environment and dedicate that to being still, being relaxed, being quiet, just so you can actually hear your thoughts and feel your feelings and kind of get real with yourself so that you can live a more authentic and intentional life. Therapy became a really integral part of my life and it was not just a coping mechanism but more a powerful tool for cultivating self-awareness, self-compassion and resilience. Among many other lessons it has taught me to honour my emotions, to embrace my vulnerability and to live with purpose and intention. I think this is also why I am so much more passionate now. Like I was always passionate about this but I've got a new kind of layer for it of creating spaces and homes for clients that like truly resonate with who they are and how they want to feel in the space because I ignored my feelings for so long and so sometimes when I ask clients this question like how do you want the space to feel Um, some of them definitely don't want to answer that question some of them haven't thought about it and some of them just don't think that it's really a question that I should be asking like it's a bit woo-woo but I am truly so much more passionate about this now and kind of getting a little bit more specific on the clients that I take on because I want to create spaces for clients that actually truly resonate with them and create that happy space for them just as countryside has allowed me to create a happy space for myself rather than when I was living in town and I actually wasn't really that happy but I didn't take long enough to ask myself that question. So I am more passionate now than ever about this and I do think as a starting point if you are doing self-development or you're renovating or building ask yourself how do you want the space to feel because honestly it is so so important. 
It's funny because as I was writing like the crux of this episode and working out what I wanted to talk about and writing down the five lessons, I realized that they all complemented each other really well. But I'm realizing that even more now that I'm actually reading them out. But lesson number three for me is living in rhythm with Mother Nature has had such a positive impact on my personal and professional life. I've always found that I've been really drawn to the beauty of nature and I experience that now even more that I live here. The tranquil forest, the birds singing, the breathtaking sunsets, they all have become a daily reminder of the harmony that exists in the natural world. As I settled into my new environment, I began to notice the rhythm of Mother Nature and how it can have a profound and positive impact on both my personal and professional lives. Now, if you haven't listened to the episode yet on biophilic design, I highly recommend it if you're thinking about living more in alignment with Earth. It doesn't actually take too much and you don't have to have a green thumb and it isn't a total overhaul of your life. Like you can embrace it in really small ways and still have a really profound impact. For me, at least, it has changed the way I design forever. In the city, I kind of felt like I was really disconnected from the natural world and realistically, I would often spend my days in artificial environments. Like, my flat was great. We had a cool front yard, a cool backyard. Like, we have fruit trees. It was beautiful. Like, I loved it. That flat will go down in history for me. I had such a good time there. Um, It was just more towards the end that I knew that I was ready for a change. But what I found is when I lived in that flat, I was working for a company. I won't say the name, but it was just... The environment was horrible. Basically, there was a place up the road that I believe killed sheep I think it was sheep and kind of like every three seconds you would hear a zap and that was a sheep dying I was told on like my third day there or something like that the owner was so proud of it so proud of this fact and so with that came a really really horrid smell like horrid smell some days it would be fine and other days it was just like gag worthy like even thinking about it just puts me off and it was kind of just surrounded by concrete I think there was like a paddock maybe across the road, but like it wasn't a nice paddock and we had a creek running by us. But to be honest, I think that creek was like way more toxic than the one that you saw on like, I don't know if you ever see this episode on The Simpsons where, uh, was it Homer Simpson tipped something into this lake and just like all of a sudden it just turned toxic. That's basically what the creek was like for me. Like it was just horrible. And look, it might not have been, it might not have been toxic. Don't take my word for it, but, um, definitely wasn't a nice place to be. As well as that, I was kind of promised this new office and this new showroom and that didn't come. So I was just under these really harsh artificial lights and it was just such a temporary setup until the new one was built that I actually just left there feeling way more drained and disconnected than I can ever remember being at any other time in my life. And it wasn't just that particular place either. Before that, I worked somewhere else. And that was just a view of bloody concrete as well, like concrete and buildings. It's in the industrial areas of Hawke's Bay. So I get that you're never going to see like the grass or anything. But for me, even when I left that first place and that second place, and I actually contracted to a place when I first started my business, as I've mentioned, that was also in the industrial area of Hawke's Bay. And it was just horrible. Like when you look outside and all you see is like, concrete the road buildings it's just really uninspiring and I honestly just felt so drained and disconnected like work life when you spend eight plus hours somewhere four or five days a week it does actually have a massive impact on your life for me I am now of course 
I'm so lucky and it is not lost on me how lucky I am to live and work from home in the countryside. And as I've done this, I have fully embraced the concept of biophilic design. And this is basically where architecture and spaces are intentionally designed to connect people with nature. This is something I feel like many workplaces are missing. And I know that, you know, a lot of the time you can't just up and move or work from home. And you just have to do what you have to do. If you go to the episode on biophilic design, I kind of talk about some ways that you can bring biophilic design into your office and into your living spaces, even if it's just in really small ways. But I think that when we spend so much of our time in these spaces and then we come home and we don't create pockets of nature or spaces that kind of mimic nature, I just think we're doing such a disservice to ourselves. Through these experiences, embracing the concept of biophilic design became so much more than just a stylistic choice. It became a mission to bridge the gap between urban living and the healing power of nature. I fully understood the profound impact that architecture and spaces can have on our well-being, and I wanted to infuse each design with elements that connect people with the beauty and serenity of the natural world. And I still do, like I think it is genuinely one of my life's missions. I personally witnessed the transformative effects that nature and biophilic design elements and principles have had on my own well-being, and I knew that I wanted clients to experience the same sense of harmony and connection with nature. I want to create spaces that nurture not only physical needs, but also emotional and spiritual ones, and if that makes me woo-woo, then I'm fine with that. Now, before you write this lesson or this whole episode off as a little bit woo-woo, I just want to give you a practical example of why living in flow with Mother Nature is better than trying to work against her. So your kitchen should be in the most northeast corner of your home in New Zealand, um, and that's actually for the whole of the Southern Hemisphere, I believe. And that's because if it's in the most northeast corner, you will get beautiful morning light, but you will not be roasted to death by the afternoon light and if you have a current place like this you will know what I mean. Now I had a client recently and we weren't able to move the kitchen and it got really really hot afternoon sun so she actually ended up tinting the windows but she often had to draw the curtains as well in the kitchen. There were doors in the kitchen hence why it needed curtains but she would have to draw the curtains and the blinds and the windows were tinted just so she didn't get blasted by the afternoon sun. And the entire kitchen design revolved around the fact that the sun poured through these doors and we had to then move the food out of the way of the sunlight. So like I would actually go and do a site measure in the afternoon and work out where the sun hit just so I could avoid putting the pantry in its place because all the food was perishing much sooner than it needed to. So That is actually just one practical example of why living in flow with Mother Nature instead of against her will make your life a whole lot easier. And this is just one practical example. Like at this stage in my career, I think I've worked with, I must have worked with thousands of clients at this point. And I've got so many stories like this. And I don't know, I think when we talk about living in flow with nature, it can sound a little bit hippie and a little bit woo-woo. But this client, for example, like we couldn't move her kitchen And we probably would have if we could have, but you know, she had all her windows and doors tinted and she was drawing blinds and closing curtains just so she wasn't getting like blinded and roasted by the afternoon sun. And if that's not a reason to get more in line with mother nature and actually do a little bit more research and or hire a designer that knows what she's talking about in regards to this, 
Like I just think our lives could be so much easier and so much better and you only have to incorporate a few of these elements and some of the biophilic design principles to actually reap the rewards. Okay, that's enough for that one because I could go on forever. Let's talk about lesson number four, cultivating a mindful and reflective mindset. For me, this lesson came when I lived in a much slower paced life out in the countryside, but please do not let moving to the countryside stop you from living a slower life and cultivating a mindful and reflective mindset. Now, I had dabbled with meditation and sound journeys as well as meditative groups before, and I loved it. Each time I walked away with new insights and yet I still filled my days with so much stuff and so many people that these moments of quiet and still were a luxury for me. When I finally took the time to hold space for myself on a regular basis and for longer than five minutes to be still, to get quiet, I unlocked the transformative power of mindfulness. It was a realization that until we create moments of stillness in our lives, mindfulness remains distant and elusive. In a world filled with constant distractions, from the buzz of social media to the never-ending stream of messages and phone calls that we get, we seldom allow ourselves the space we truly need to get real with ourselves and check back in. Alongside therapy and living in the countryside, this became so much easier for me to do. I found that the countryside was my ideal environment to embrace stillness and reconnect to myself. Whether it was sitting by a river or gazing at the stars or even just taking a walk through one of the bushwalks out here, I discovered that these moments of quiet allowed me to become more attuned to my thoughts, to my emotions and to the world around me. Through mindfulness, I learned the art of being fully present in each moment without judgment or expectation. It was a practice that required patience and dedication, but the rewards were just so clear to me. As I started to release the need for constant stimulation, I found a sense of peace and contentment that had eluded me for most of my life. I started actually resting on the weekends, and although I struggled with this to start with, often feeling guilty, it got easier and easier, and this was especially thanks to the support of Matt. I do have to give him credit here. He often told me to relax, to have a nap, to chill out. He would say, quote unquote, just because I'm busy, it doesn't mean you need to be. And oh my God, did I need to hear that. He really did support this wholeheartedly in so many different ways. And I am so thankful for that. With mindfulness, I gained so much clarity and different perspectives. Like I was no longer all about escaping from the pressures of life, but more about navigating them with more grace and resilience. This newfound clarity brought a deeper understanding of my values, of my desires, and of the direction that I wanted to take my life in, and this honestly made it so much easier to make decisions both in my personal life and with my business. When I was able to get still enough to actually be mindful, so combining lesson one and lesson four, I realized that there were a few things I needed to cut out, and probably people too and this isn't in a mean way at all like I've let go of people with love and I'll talk about more of that in lesson number five but I was also contracting to a few companies and with with one of them in particular I just really didn't enjoy the environment whether that be where I was going to work for eight hours a day or the people and I found that it was more of a hindrance than anything that was going to propel me forward 
Now, it obviously offered steady cash flow because the work was steady and that's, of course, like nice. It's nice to have a safety net. But at the end of the day, I didn't quit my job to go balls to the wall with my business to then just like sit back and contract. And if that's you, that is great. Like if that works for you, then that's awesome. It's not about the act necessarily. It's about how the act feels. And for me, I just felt like I was robbing myself of so many opportunities by contracting to different places. One didn't really want me to have like a website and anything. Well, there were a few things in particular that I had to put on the website about working at past places that they didn't like. And I just felt like I'd quit my job to be my own boss. And then I had other people trying to dictate my life and my business. And I just didn't like it. And when I was able to be still enough and be mindful and reflect back and realize I didn't quit my job to be told what to do by someone else. Like definitely not. And that's when I kind of realized I needed to throw in the towel. And I did just a few weeks after that. I stopped contracting and I just went balls to the wall all in on making my business, my dream a reality. And here I am now, like I've got really amazing clients. I'm loving what I'm doing. I'm listening to the inner voices that tell me to follow this passion or follow this pursuit. And that's why I'm doing this podcast. And I don't believe I would be doing this podcast if I was still contracting for others and being super busy. And like the idea of this podcast came to me in moments of still and moments of reflection and moments of mindfulness. And for that, I am truly grateful for because I just love it so much. I find I get so much enjoyment out of it. Um, and I hope you get also so many insights and so much useful information out of it. I just feel like this like this is me. This is 100% what I'm supposed to be doing and how I'm supposed to be sharing the information that I have. So I'm grateful for those moments of still and those moments of mindfulness. I guess ultimately cultivating mindfulness allowed me to show up way more authentically in all aspects of my life. Like it influenced my interactions with others, which also led to more meaningful connections and conversations. I guess the crux of it is, is that ultimately for me, cultivating mindfulness has allowed me to show up way more authentically in all aspects of my life. It has influenced my interactions with others and this has led to way more meaningful connections and conversations than what I was previously having. It did also unfortunately mean that I realized a few of my friendships were kind of just hinging solely on proximity or the fact that I made myself always present. And as I got still and I worked through my shit, I truly had to lovingly let some of these relationships fizzle and just release people with love. For me, that is why lesson number five is not everyone will support you and that's okay. When I made the decision to leave the city life behind and live in the country, I encountered a range of reactions from friends, family and people that I worked with. While some were genuinely happy for my adventure and they're all still here right beside me, I had a lot of people say a couple of different things. Here are two of my favorites. One is, that's so far out. Are you going to drive into town every day? And the other one was, but where will you sleep when you've been drinking in town? And I don't know, I just, I laughed at them then and I laugh at them now because if those are the two biggest problems I have living out here, then that is fine by me. I think sometimes in life we like hinge our entire lives on one decision. Like if I move here, it will mean I'm spending the rest of my life here. Or if I study law at university, I'll be a lawyer forever. When in reality, there is always a chance for change. And I just think that's so dang cool. The longer I lived in the countryside and embodied the lifestyle and changes that came for me, the more I really leaned in and embraced the pace of life. 
I stopped going out as much. Like I honestly cut it down by 75% at least. Like now I actually just genuinely enjoy staying home, being still and taking each hour as it comes with no grand plans. I actually had one person express her concern saying that now that I was living in the countryside and in a relationship and I wasn't leaving the house too often, this meant that I was in an unhealthy codependent relationship. And whilst I can kind of appreciate the check-in, not that it was really a check-in, but I can kind of appreciate where this person was coming from. But I just want to hone in on the fact that you can live a totally different lifestyle to one that your friend is living or other people that you know, and there's nothing wrong with that. Like we are all so different and we all have our own journeys and I don't think someone else's journey, albeit doesn't align with you or you don't see the value in it or you don't support it, like it doesn't mean that it's wrong. I guess this is when I realized that this journey is my own and it's essential that I prioritize my happiness and well-being above seeking approval from others. Embracing a life in the countryside was a personal choice that resonated with my soul and I had to be okay with the fact that not everyone would see my vision and or support the vision as well as myself. And honestly, the more I made myself a priority, the more these kind of people just fell into the background. I started to prioritize myself and the people who supported me and the other relationships kind of just fizzled out. Like I just let them go with love. Like it's not my, it's my journey and if you don't want to support it, then I let you go lovingly. You know, there's nothing wrong with the way that I'm living and just don't really need that kind of constant criticism. I guess in a way, I'd kind of expected most people to understand and support my decision, but the reality was kind of a little bit different. It was quite a challenging moment that prompted me to reevaluate the importance of seeking validation for others. I just want you to know that like, you have to understand, much like I did, that not everyone's lack of support is necessarily rooted in malice. It's often due to their inability to relate or to comprehend the changes that you're making. Understanding this personally allowed me to release any resentment or hurt feelings and instead hold space for empathy and understanding for those people. I realized that embracing a life in the countryside required a steadfast belief in my own choices and the courage to stay true to my path, even in the face of skepticism or lack of support. This journey taught me, if nothing else, that seeking external validation could lead to unnecessary self-doubt, while embracing self-validation empowered me to make choices aligned with my heart and my soul, and honestly, my purpose. Embracing the truth that not everyone will support you is actually quite liberating. It allows you to step into your own power, to celebrate your uniqueness, and to find strength in the decisions that you make for your life every day. As you embark on your own path, remember that it is okay for others not to support you or to hold different opinions and priorities. What truly matters is staying true to yourself and creating a life that brings you fulfillment and joy. And that means surrounding yourself with people that align with you too. So if you find yourself at a crossroad or considering a new path, let this lesson be a reminder that not everyone needs to understand and support your choices for them to be valid. Embrace your individuality, trust your instincts, and cultivate a life that resonates with your heart's desires. Surround yourself with those who uplift and encourage you and let go of the need for external approval. So there you have it, the five big lessons that I learned when I moved out to the countryside almost two years ago now, which seems crazy because I feel like it was just a few months ago, but it's almost been two years. 
As I was writing the podcast notes and even now when I'm recording the episode, I'm just reflecting back on this journey and I'm reminded that these lessons are definitely not exclusive to a specific location, but they're kind of more universal truths that can resonate with each and every one of us depending on what stage of life we're in. Reflecting back, I learned that being busy is definitely not a badge of honour and true fulfilment lies in finding joy and meaning in the simple moments. Embracing therapy and living with intention and self-awareness has allowed me to navigate life with authenticity and purpose. Connecting with nature through biophilic design has revitalized my well-being and inspired me to bring harmony into my professional work. Cultivating mindfulness provided clarity and contentment and helped me unlock the power of stillness. And last but not least, accepting that not everyone will support your journey has empowered me to prioritize my own happiness and stay true to my own path. As I wrap up this episode, I just want to say a huge thank you for joining me today on this journey. Definitely got a little bit more vulnerable than I thought it would, but thank you so much for holding space and listening to the episode. If there is just one thing that I hope you take away from this episode, it is that living authentically and embracing your own unique path is the ultimate expression of self-love and growth. Please remember that it is never too late to embrace change, to seek alignment, and to craft a life that aligns with your truest self. Whether you find yourself in a busy city or a quiet suburb or the countryside, just know that you have the power to create a life filled with joy and purpose. All of that power lies within you. Once again, thank you so much for tuning in to the Business of Being You podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, please subscribe and leave a review. Your feedback means the world to me, honestly, and it will help me know what content to bring you in the future. And if any of the nature chat resonated with you, don't forget to check out our episode on biophilic design as that can give you a lot of information on how you can embrace the healing power of nature, as well as little tips and tricks for ways to bring it into your spaces. Thank you again so much for tuning in. Hey there, I'm your host, Nicole Gordon, and after a decade-long stint in the building industry as a qualified designer, I decided to take a leap. I quit my job, moved to the countryside, and started my own design business with no real plan. My purpose? To make good design accessible for everyone while challenging conventional norms and encouraging healthier lifestyles and positive change. Consider these episodes a weekly call with a designer who is helping you navigate the design process led with intentionality. No more quick fix designs that you throw away in just two years time. I'll be chatting to other experts in a range of different fields who are also creating sustainable positive change for us and our planet for years to come. Design, business, life, women's health, self-development, we are breaking it all down. Prepare to challenge conventional thinking and drive positive change while you learn. Welcome to the Business of Being You podcast. Hey there, I'm your host, Nicole Gordon. After a decade-long stint in the building industry as a qualified designer, I decided to take a leap. I quit my job, I moved to the countryside, and I started my own design business with no real plan. My purpose? To make good design accessible for everyone while challenging conventional norms and encouraging healthier lifestyles and positive change. Consider these episodes like a weekly call with a designer who's helping you navigate the design process led with intentionality. No more quick fix designs that you throw away in just two years time. I'll be chatting with other experts in a range of fields who are also creating sustainable positive change for us and our planet for years to come. 
design, business, life, women's health, self-development, we are breaking it all down. Prepare to challenge conventional thinking and drive positive change as you learn. Welcome to the Business of Being You podcast. Welcome to the Business of Being You podcast. I'm your host, Nicole Gordon, and after a decade-long stint in the building industry as a qualified designer, I decided to take a leap. I quit my job, moved to the countryside, and started my very own design business with no real plan. My purpose? To make good design accessible for everyone while challenging conventional norms and encouraging healthier lifestyles and positive change. Consider these episodes a weekly call with a designer who's helping you navigate the design process led with intentionality. No more quick fix designs that you throw away in just two years time. I'll be chatting with other experts in a range of different fields who are also creating sustainable positive change for us and our planet for years to come. Design, business, life, women's health, self-development, we are breaking it all down. Prepare to challenge conventional thinking and drive positive change as you learn. This is the Business of Being You podcast. Welcome to the Business of Being You podcast. I'm your host, Nicole Gordon, and after a decade-long stint in the building industry as a qualified designer, I decided to take a leap. I quit my job, moved to the countryside, and started my very own design business with no real plan. My purpose? To make good design accessible for everyone while challenging conventional norms and encouraging healthier lifestyles and positive change. Consider these episodes like a weekly call with a designer who's helping you navigate the design process and leading with intentionality. No more quick fix designs that you throw away in just two years time. I'll be chatting with other experts in a range of different fields who are also creating positive change, not just for us, but our planet too, for years to come. Design, business, life, women's health, self-development, we are breaking it all down. Prepare to challenge conventional thinking and drive positive change while you learn. This is the Business of Being You podcast. Welcome to the Business of Being You podcast. I'm your host, Nicole Gordon, and after a decade-long stint in the building industry as a qualified designer, I decided to take a leap. I quit my job, moved to the countryside, and started my own design business with no real plan. My purpose? to make good design accessible for everyone while challenging conventional norms and encouraging healthier lifestyles and positive change. Consider these episodes a weekly call with a designer who's helping you navigate the design process leading with intentionality. No more quick fix designs that you throw away in just two years time. I'll be chatting with other experts in a range of different fields who are also creating sustainable and positive change for us and our planet for years to come. Design, business, life, women's health, self-development, we are breaking it all down. Prepare to challenge conventional thinking and drive positive change while you learn. Welcome to the Business of Being You podcast. Hey there, I'm Nicole Gordon, your host on the Business of Being You podcast. After a decade-long stint in the building industry as a qualified designer, I decided to take a leap. I quit my job, moved to the countryside, and started my very own design business with no real plan. My purpose? To make good design accessible for everyone while challenging conventional norms and encouraging healthier lifestyles and positive change. Consider these episodes a weekly call with a designer who's helping you navigate the design process all while leading with intentionality. No more quick fix designs that you throw away in just two years time. 
I'll be chatting with other experts in a range of different fields who are also creating positive and sustainable change for us and our planet for years to come. Design, business, life, women's health, self-development, we are breaking it all down. Prepare to challenge conventional thinking and drive positive change while you learn. Welcome to the Business of Being You podcast.